Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Karen Devaney. I am Karen Devaney. I'm not <laughs> Ann Varner. That's correct. And I'm just putting that out there right now because I have Bailey's in my coffee and I may get it wrong later. Bailey's in my coffee too, and girl, it is treating me good. I love it. And I have so many things to talk about. Oh my god, you know why? Because this is Sugar Coated Murder Podcast. It is. Welcome, guys, to Sugar Coated Murder Podcast. And we do baking. And we do true crime. and We, we don't do the crime, but we do know. discuss. We discuss. We talk about true crime. Yeah. And, but we do the baking. We do the baking, yes, but and, not the crime. And the baking has been has been happening lately. A I long did not time. shoot the sheriff or the deputy. No, but you, but you I do open up your kitchen for the baking. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And it smells so good in here. I know it's ridiculous. We need to do another podcast about our addiction to Sally's baking addiction. Oh my gosh, I'm addicted are... to Sally's baking addiction. Yes, well, Sally has a. <laughs> on her baking addiction yeah and it's a kind of addiction i don't want to be rehabbed from no and um we could be considered stalkers at this point maybe uh, yeah perhaps absolutely yeah so well listen i've got this recipe i'm doing tonight and then she just posted another recipe i'm gonna do the next time i already know what i'm doing is it the macaron it is macarons? It you're is. gonna try I'm them it. it's 2021 oh. i'm on it i think i'm gonna try her taco souffle oh that'll be good yeah tonight i'm making cinnamon crunch bread i am that pleases me so much because yeah. i we grew up on cinnamon toast we did it and i love so a cinnamon good. crunch bagel yes delicious yep. so i'm not i've never made a bread uh, well i did make a bread at christmas time that had yeast in it but it was a bread mix this was an actual, I had to activate the yeast kind of situation. It seemed a little bit more complicated. It seems very, anything yeast, I am very intimidated by the yeast. So yeah. I am leaving it all at you. You shouldn't be. Because when you say activate the yeast, I'm like, what do you do? Go, okay, yeast, let's get it going. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, wake up, yeast. So this recipe, um, and I have to say, she kind of takes all the scare out of the bread. Well, she does that with all of her she recipes. Does. She it's makes amazing. you so confident. She does. Um, so with this one, you just get the little yeast packet, and you you mix it with warm buttermilk and warm water and sugar. All things You whisk, good. whisk, 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 let it sit for five minutes, and it gets foamy on top. Okay. Your yeast is active. Oh. When you got the foam. Okay. Yeah. That's so, so fun. And then you, you add in your your flour, your egg, um, some butter. There was like a whole thing. And you I just stuck it right in my KitchenAid. My KitchenAid came with a hook, as I think most of them do. I don't know if mine did. If you bought it at a secondhand store, though, you might not have the hook. I have an extra hook if you ever need it. I probably will. Mm-hmm. Um, I just put that hook in there and... Started whipping around all so the So you mixture. are a yeasty hooker. I'm a hooker. I'm a hooker with active yeast. <laughs> wow, this is a whole new personality for you. Yeah. Some people want to get some sort of ointment or cream for that. No. Not me. You just hook it. Just butter. You put it all right out there with a the hooker. 
and it did all the kneading for me, so I didn't have to do any kind of kneading. See, and that's intimidating to me, too, because when yeah. I see people kneading, it's like some kind of a wrist action yeah. thing that I'm not sure I have that. If you've got the hooker, I don't have you to, don't have to knead. God bless a hooker. The hooker does it for you. I love that. Yes. Gosh. So then you uh, you have to let your dough rise, which I, I had to do rise ahead of time. Like an hour and a half to two hours, Ooh. it's got to rise. Rise up. Yeah, so I've done that part. And you didn't have to sit there and say, rise up for like I'm so a ignoring, couple hours. I'm ignoring you, hoping know, that but the that's what I'd be doing. I would be doing that to my bread. I'd no, be like, I was rise. investigating my true crime oh, that I needed true. to talk about. That's true. Yeah, so I had to do that early because we don't have that kind of time at night. Ain't nobody got that kind of time. No. Um, I will admit I've had to watch a, a video. Um, from Sally because she does this thing where you pat out your dough. It's got to be in this certain, I don't know, something by something rectangle. And so it's certain dimensions. Yeah, I'm not good at that. I don't have the dimension pad from Pampered Chef, but I might need one. Mm-hmm. I just guessed based on the length of my Anybody out there selling can. Pampered Chef, drop us a link to our email. Yeah. We'll, we'll help you um, out there. So... I did it the, the length of my pan, my okay. loaf pan that it's going in. And you put this this topping on it, and then you got to roll it like a Swiss cake roll. Shut up, and you're good at that. I did that. Well, then you got to cut it in half, and then you got to braid it. Like half lengthwise? Yeah. That's like very down the log, all yeah. the way down that That's long intimidating. Log. Then you have to bind the top of it and braid the rest of it. Yeah. Oh, you're freaking that me out crazy. right now. You're it was crazy. You're freaking me out. I feel like you're on the Great British Baking Show. I kept thinking if I was on the Great British Baking Show, this might be a recipe I do on so, the bread day. So I had a premonition dream. Uh-oh. Not, yes, not this morning, but yesterday morning. And the premonition dream was that I was on a show like the British Baking Show. Mm-hmm. You were on it, too. Mm. There were several other people. And this girl that I went to college with named Michelle was on it, which oh, is wow. very random. Right. So random. Right. And I got in there, and it was at, like, a, Martha Stewart was there. Right. Um, and it was, like, at her estate. As well she should be. Yeah, and we were, like, staying there. It was, like, a big thing. It was televised. Like, it was a yeah. big deal. Oh, gosh. I couldn't find the first fucking ingredient in oh, that place. Man. I couldn't find the herbs. I couldn't find anything. One of the um, one of the challenges was you just had to make tea. I couldn't even find a fucking teapot. Sorry, Mama. I couldn't find the teapot. I was so upset. And this Michelle girl, everything she did turned out picture perfect. Oh and I gosh. was just like, I feel like that she is a professional baker. Right. But her last name, her married name is Baker. And I think that's why. Oh, my gosh. And I think, like, in my mind, it, and it was just crazy. So then... I was like, well, I wonder how my sister's doing. And I went over there and I was like, sugar, I can't even find the herbs. And you're like, girl, I found my herbs. You need to get back. Oh, you completely dissed me. I would. Yeah. You know me better. So than I that. walked out by the third episode. I, got I said, I'm out. And your herbs I know, too. but I couldn't. The only thing I could find was a lemon tree, and I didn't need any lemons. Oh man, growing right in the middle of the kitchen. It was the most amazing place I've ever been. Oh wow. So um, did we have sugar-coated murder podcast? Sticker emblem stickers nothing, on our mixers. nothing. There was no mention of that podcast Ugh. whatsoever. Well, then it was fake. It was completely fake. All right, I have some things to talk about. I have some things to talk about. It's important. Okay, is it? Is this current events? This is current events. Okay. Today, a sighting that I saw 
in the uh-huh. South Carolina A sighting area. that you saw. A sighting that I saw. I've seen something, oh, and I need to talk about it. Okay, let's okay. talk. There is a gentleman, because I saw the gentleman actually using this, I wouldn't call it a product. I don't know what you want to call it. It's genius. It's so innovative. These are people we need in our lives. This gentleman has taken a keg, an empty keg, like you would get, you know, for a party. Obviously, it's emptied out. Mm -hmm. He probably said maybe he was having a going away party and moved to a different state and didn't return the empty keg. I mean, Somehow, he has gotten his hands on an empty keg. Yeah. He has cut that sucker in half, and he has made himself a grill. (gasps) And he keeps that grill... On the back of his truck. That's genius. He's not breaking any kind of rules anywhere. No, but he can he can break out in a grill at any time. He can grill anywhere. He can grill on anywhere. the job site. Like if, he if wants there is a traffic jam and the road is shut down, you can I'm grill grilling. over. I'm and grilling. you can just freaking grill. I'm guessing he's got a cooler in his truck somewhere. Somewhere. Like built in. Maybe it's, maybe it's built into a seat, seat or something. Mm-hmm. Now it's a cooler. The whole thing. We need to know this man. How creative is that? We need to know this man. Did you approach him in any way? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no? No. No, no. Oh, that's He's really not sociable. the individual. That's not very sociable. Not the in- he didn't look approachable. He's not approachable? He did not look approachable. Uh, everybody's approachable. Well, I will give you his information, and I think you need yeah, to How do you have his information if you didn't approach him? You followed him? I can't tell you this. That okay. is confidential information. Okay, so you can tell me after the podcast. Maybe, if you're nice. It depends on your attitude. Well, I'm Next, gonna... I'm going to tell you something oh, very exciting. I'm sip Super exciting. You keep drinking. This week, my spirit animal was a bunny. A bunny rabbit. Oh, and bunny. rabbits, they're super lucky. They are. And what my spirit guide told me is... I know sometimes I put this out there, but you really should buy lottery tickets. Okay. So I bought some lottery tickets today. And don't you know, I won $50 in my scratch-offs. Oh, my gosh. I made over two tickets. I spent $20, made $50. I made $30 today, and all I did was go to the grocery store. And stalk a man with a keg grill. Whatever. And um, my spirit animal this week is a wombat. Yeah. It is? Oh, that was oh, last no, that week. that was last week. Yeah, you're I don't really remember. <laughs> it was not significant for this week? Must not have been. Wow. You're not listening to your spirit people I anymore. am. It just didn't, didn't click. It didn't, it didn't stick. stick with yeah. me. Yeah, well, That's okay. we're fortunate that we've yeah. got a spiritual advisor that helps us with things like this. Yes, um, she really does. For now, us. she may not do it in the future, but she did indicate that we would go to a local store. We're going to get the name of that and... And talk talk to people about that next time. Oh, really? Um, there's a local store that sells cards, so we can oh, do our yeah, own that's right. spiritual animal advising. Oh, so this week it was the badger. That's why I'm good and oh, confused. Oh, Last week it was the wombat. wombat. So this week it's the badger, and it's just you're gonna be a, tearing people up. Probably. Wow! Wow! Be wow! Be fearless. 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 <laughs> be fearless and bold. All right. There Which. She- I'm already bold. Yeah, I don't know how much more bold we can get. <laughs> That's awesome, Sugar. That's just a lot to talk about it right there. There is a lot to talk I about. I have things to talk about, too. Oh, let's hear it. I need to serve you up with a big five-layer trifle of murder. Oh, let's hear about it. This is such a big murder. I'm going to serve you up some murder. Serve it up, girl. Okay. So, it's like a five-layer casserole. Oh, wow. That's how it is. Okay. So, we're going to go to Bingley. 
West Yorkshire, England. Yorkshire? We're in Yorkshire, England. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Jolly old England. Spotty. Uh-huh. And so we're going to talk about this dude named um, Peter Sutcliffe. <laughs> Peter? Did you say Peter? I said Peter <laughs> Sutcliffe. <laughs> okay. I'm just making sure I'm enunciating my words in the beginning because as I go, I get excited and I get mush mouth. Right. And when I listen back to it, I'm like, what the hell am I saying? <laughs> So I'm not sure how anybody's keeping up. I think the reason people keep listening is they're still trying to figure out what the hell I'm saying. Yeah, maybe she'll say yeah. what she said last time and I'll get it. Yeah, and I'll understand. Like, yeah. it'll be a different context. Yes. But I did, I, I will tell you that I was listening to a, a murder show earlier this week, and the, the narrator said something about figured. He figured. I know. We, and, we, and you've we, been saying figured. I know. So, I'm telling you, it's because I've been watching so many British shows. I think so, too. I think I just picked it up. I and think I didn't you did. even realize figured. it until we started listening. I was like, did I say figure? <laughs> and not once, but more, multiple times multiple you said that. <laughs> so I'm trying to enunciate <laughs> early on so that when I get to, like, my page two, right. people at least got the first part of the story. This, and this the rest story of it's like, Peter. wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and the Right. Okay. All right. Let's hear what, what the heck happened to Peter. Well, he Peter. was Peter. He was born in June of 1946. Mm. His father's name was John and Kathleen was his mom. Mom? Yes. Right. He um, had. Do we know who his nan was? No, mm -mm, we don't know Nan. We just know Mom. He had five siblings. Mm. Five. That's mm. a lot. That's mm. a lot of siblings. He was the oldest. He was a bit of an oddball. Um, I would say a bit quirky. He was mm. a bit quirky. He was on the small side. He was shy and introverted, and he liked to stay, stay close to mom. Mom. Mm-hmm. He did. So, um, dad often accused mom of being unfaithful to him, and not only being unfaithful, but, like, constantly accused her of, like, outright sleeping around, like, not just having an affair, but, like, having multiple trysts. Which was a little confusing to my God, she small gave Peter. Him five yeah, I know. I mean, what, what the heck? At what point do you think I have time during the day to go off and really? try to make another baby? I don't think so. <laughs> really? No. Get yourself together, John. Um, turns out John was the one that was having the affairs. Of but course, because that's the way it works. Yes. Yeah, so he was the one stepping out. Going to accuse you of what I'm doing. Right. So let's talk some more about Peter. Okay, Peter. Peter hated school. He was often bullied due to his small stature. It was hard to make friends. As a teenager, he started bodybuilding to bulk up so people would stop picking on him. And then he goes and quits school at the age of 15. He said, I'm out. Right. I'm donezo. But that's not completely out of character for kids maybe around that age in the UK. If the shows that I watch are true. Okay. That's, that's fine. This was in the, by then this was in the 50s. I don't know what was happening then with their education system, but that's and they, fine. They don't call it like um, I'm in the second grade. No, it's you would different. call it I'm in seconds. Like when you're a senior, you're in twelves. Yeah, it's weird. It's, I love you're it. You're in twos or twelves or whatever. I love it. So, um, so he drops out of school at fifteen and he starts to get some odd jobs, and yeah. these jobs are quite odd. Okay, so he one job that he very much enjoyed was he worked at a mortuary. Oh, odd. I get what you're saying. Yeah, he really liked to play around with the corpses, like posing them in um, grotesque poses oh. and using them as ventriloquist dummies. 
Oh. Yeah. When you shook back and forth, did your chair shake a little? It didn't. Okay. Why? <laughs> no reason. Keep going. Why? Is there a screw loose? There may or may not have been a screw that has come out of the chair, oh but I'm God, not sure. You're just telling me this now. I'm sitting in it. I don't think it's one that holds it together so oh, much as it's, it's one decorative. That keeps, it keeps the the seat on. Well, so don't rock. Okay, I'm gonna be here still. <laughs> I'm probably not gonna breathe anymore. Okay, okay. so he's posing the dead people and using them as ventriloquist dummies. Oh my god, he's loving that. And he's 15. A boy that's 15. Okay, <laughs> yeah. we're in trouble. And eventually, he gets another job digging graves. Wow. Well, that makes sense. If you work for a mortuary, you got ties to people who are digging the graves. And so he found a lot of joy in playing morbid pranks with the skeletons. Did he say, I'm digging up bones? I don't think he did. I don't think that that song was out. And I don't think Randy mm. Travis was real popular in the UK at that point. You don't know. You don't know I mean, Randy. You you're don't right. Know. He was a globe trotter, <laughs> And they might have discovered him way before us. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay, so he um, liked to play with the, the skeletons mm. and the corpses, and a lot of times he would open the coffins and steal the jewelry right off the corpses. Yeah. So I, I'm sensing a theme. Yeah. There's a theme. Peter's kind of maybe a theme. going down the wrong kind of hole. He's going through a little quirky. <laughs> quirky That's phase. funny, that hole, that grave digging, that right, hole. Yes, right. he's going through a little quirky phase, I mm -hmm. think. So at the age of 20, Peter meets Sonia. And her last name is a weird name. It's Sermon, I think, but it's it's an S Z U R M A. So it's German. She was Czechoslovakian, and I can never oh, pronounce those names. Well, that makes and it, sense. It's because I'm an, I'm an ignorant American. Mm. So anyway, in 1974, he marries her, and she at that and she was the only woman he had ever dated. He had never been with another woman. He had never dated one. He never even had a crush on a girl at school before. But the 20-year-old the Czechoslovakian girl. Well, he was 20. I don't know how old she was. So um, due to his hot and cold employment habits, they moved in with her parents and had to live there. Um, turns out that Peter was secretly spending money on prostitutes. <gasps> Peter. Oh, oh Peter. Oh, Peter. So, in June of 1975, he was 29 years old, and he got his this specialized license that allowed him to drive a special truck hmm. called a lorry. Okay. L-O-R-R-Y. And when I looked it up, it's a, it says it's a large, heavy truck used to transport food or troops. Oh, okay. So, it's like a big delivery right. truck, but I think it, he could do some long hauling, not that they would have, like... With the, Long hauling like the in the United States, but you know, yeah, I mean, he, he can take he a, body, a lot of places, a couple of caskets to could, where they need to go, or food, or both at the same time. So, if he wanted to have half food and have bodies, yeah, whatever, right, right, it's fine. So around the same time, Peter was told that his beloved Sonia could not have children after suffering many miscarriages, oh, and man. he was quite devastated. Oh no! So, um. Soon after he found out this news, he started on a very violent spree. He was mad. He was real upset. So, we're going to talk about this little spree of his. I wouldn't call this a spree. Did he ever get bigger? Well, or he was did. He, he did. a little man. He wasn't. He bulked up in bodybuilding. Yeah. And um, he was strong. He was a very strong man. Right, right. So, they really didn't give me a height on they him. They didn't? Mm -mm. Okay. No, but I feel like in his teens, he kind of came into his own. Okay. A little bit. Okay. 
Yeah. But still had a little quirky quirkiness to him. Mm. So, okay. So the so in the early hours of July 4th, 1975, obviously they're not going to be celebrating our Independence Day with us because that was our independence from them. I don't think it's a time that <laughs> no, they're celebrating. I don't think, I don't think the there's one single firecracker going off there. I, I beg to differ. You think? You I think, think they that celebrate there are that? Americans that now live there that celebrate. But I don't think it's a national holiday oh, for God, them. No. no. No, no. So um, his first known attack was on Anna Patricia Rogolsky. And Anna was outside of her boyfriend's house around... She sounds Czechoslovakian, too. I, they didn't say. Rogolski. Well, she could, Rogolski could also be Polish. She could be... Mm, no, I think she's Italian. Okay, that's He's fine. He's mad at his wife. Okay. So she was outside of her boyfriend's house around 1.30 a.m., but turns out he wasn't home. Mm. So as she stood outside of his home and pondering her next move, um, Peter Sutcliffe attacked her. Oh. He beat her in the head with a ball-peen hammer. Oh, that's not nice. And once she was incapacitated and unconscious on the ground, he lifted her skirt and stabbed and and um, sliced at her, all around her genital area and her stomach. Hmm. He was interrupted by a neighbor and was able to sneak away in the dark, leaving her there. Um, she was barely alive, but she lived. Wow. She lived. But she I'm was, guessing maybe she couldn't have children. She was rushed to the hospital, and after 12 hours, the doctors were able to save her. And she spent the next 33 years alone, scarred, scared, and barricaded herself behind security walls, bars, wires, alarms. She never got over this. Yeah. Never got over it. Oy. So after attacking Anna, Peter returns home. Sleeps next to his wife, Sonia, wakes up the next day and goes off to look for work. Because that's what you do after you murder, right? Right. So in August of 1975, a little af- a little over a month after he attacks Anna, um, he attacks this lady named Olive. He sees Olive in a bar when he's out with one of his dude friends. And um, she's out for ladies' night with her friends. Her husband is at home with the children. He follows her home and attacks her in an alleyway. He hits her with a ball-peen hammer ah, in the head. He's got an M.O. Yeah. And once she's stunned and on the ground, she hears him say, Weather's letting us down lately, isn't it? What? Yeah. He's having a conversation with her. Oh. Yes. And then he starts slashing at her buttocks and genitals. Her buttocks? Yes. A car scares him off and... um. Olivia survives, but she's never the same again. Um, Olivia or Olive? Olive. You call her Olive. Her name is Olive. Thank God. Sorry, Olive. But she lives. She lives. Yay. So at the end of August, he attacks again. This time, he attacks 14-year-old Tracy Brown. 14. 14. She's walking to her house at night, and he attacks her with a... A ball peen hammer to the head. She never loses consciousness. And um, she said that she will never forget the sound of the grunts of him hitting her in the head. Lord have mercy. Yes. And a car headlights, a, an approaching car starts approaching, and that's what saves her life. An approaching car approaches. <laughs> and then it approaches. Yes. With appro- an approaching. Be, are we okay? 
A pro <laughs> Wait, no, I've made it to oh, page okay. one, two, three. I've made it to page five. Oh, wow. So, an okay. approaching car approaches with approaching headlights <laughs> and scares him away. Oh, God. So, in September, he now gets a job as a delivery driver. Wow. Okay? So, on the evening of October 29th, he picks up Wilma who was hitchhiking after the bars have closed. Oh, Wilma. He sexually assaults her and kills her and mutilates her, if you know what I mean. I understand. And dumps her body very close to her home. Well, how kind of him. Isn't that so sweet of him? What yes. thoughtful, thoughtful yes. man. January. His of, mom must be so proud. So proud. We'll get to mom. <laughs> so, January of 1976, he picks up a sex worker named Emily. Emily? He stabbed her over 50 times. Oh, and So, he kills her and he dumps her. Ah. And now these attacks are really starting to take a toll on Peter. Oh, what, he's tired? Well, he can't seem to get up in the morning for work. <laughs> he's often late and he loses his job in March of 1976. Poor Peter. Oh, Peter. So... In May of that same year, 1976, a 20-year-old sex worker um, named Marcella. Marseille, Marseille. No, Marcella. Okay. <laughs> she's walking home, and Peter picks her up, and he takes her out to a field. Oh. She gets out of the car to tinkle. Oh, gosh. And he sneaks up behind her and hits her in the head with a ball-peen hammer. <laughs> Yes, and he incapacitates her on the ground. She's bloody, but she's conscious. And she remembers him standing over her and doing the M word oh, over her body as she's bleeding. Gross. And then places a five-pound note in her hand and says, have a nice day. He paid her? Oh, my land. And then says, here's money so you don't need to call the police. Peter. It's going to take more than a five-pound note. <laughs> be think, quiet. Yeah. So she finds a way to call an ambulance. She ends up getting 52 stitches to put her back together. Oh, wow. But she survives, and but she never recovers mentally no. from this attack. How do you recover mentally from that? The man put a five-pound note in her hand. Not even Dr. Phil could make it. No, he couldn't. And he does a lot. He does. He's a miracle worker. He is. He's the Annie Sullivan of mental health. I love him. So, again, in, so in October, we're in 1976, Peter gets a new job. Now he's driving one of the big lorry trucks, the right. big transport trucks. So, in February of 1977, he picks up Irene, who is a sex worker. He smashed her in the head with a ball-peen hammer, and he did it so hard he actually penetrated her brain. Gosh darn it. He and then her. he stabs her so hard he disembowels the woman. For heaven's sake. Pita. Yes. At this point, the media dubs this killer the Yorkshire Ripper. The Yorkshire Ripper? It's the Yorkshire Ripper. Oh yes. And um, because... The case really is centering around these prostitutes that are getting murdered. The media very quickly just moves on. 
Oh. Not a big story there. Just some prostitutes getting murdered. Sex workers. Sex they workers. They never get the credit they, they never. They're, they're out there. It's their fault because they put themselves in harm's way. Blah, blah, blah. All the things that marginalize these women. Right. Which really is not nice. So, in April of 1977, Tina was the next one. She's a sex worker. And she's heard about there's a guy out there killing these prostitutes on the street. So she says, I'm only working out of my flat, so I'm protected. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Peter makes house calls. <laughs> oh, Peter. So this time, because he's undisturbed, he really goes to town, and he uses a chisel on her. Oh, And he stabs Lord. and mutilates her and kills Gosh, her. Gosh, dog it. So Peter. he's really busy. June of 1977. Jane, she is a 16-year-old shop assistant. She's not a sex worker. She has missed her bus after she closed up the shop, and she's walking home. She passes by a playground, and the Ripper attacks her, and he smashes her in the head with a ball-peen hammer three times, and then he stabs her to death. He's rude. He's a, he's a real jerk. Yeah. Peter turns out as a dick. <laughs> sorry sorry mama so <laughs> maureen sorry mom sorry mom um so and nan up in heaven okay so in july he attacks um maureen and maureen is saved by some barking dogs because he attacks her on the street and somewhere in the distance there's some dogs barking kicking up a storm he gets nervous and he leaves right so she survives October 1st, 1977. How can these women not able to give descriptions of this monster? We're going to get to that. Okay. October of 1977, Jean is a sex worker. He pays her a five-pound note, which was their agreed-upon price. Let me just point that out. <laughs> okay, but I think yes. maybe she didn't realize what she was agreeing yeah. on. So he kills her in his regular smash her in the head with a ball-peen hammer, stab, stab, stab. Okay, but then he Wouldn't thinks it be of funny them. if you found out you were pronouncing ball peen wrong way after this. Of like, <laughs> what would it be? I don't know. I don't even know how it's spelled. I'm just B a l l p e e n. I have no idea. Maybe I'm just saying ball pene. No, ball, I'm not saying you're pen, saying wrong. Pen, I'm not saying you're pen, saying it ball, wrong. I'm saying how funny would that be? It would be hysterical. And, and they said, were like, "You're so dumb, you stupid Americans. <laughs> it's not a ball peen hammer. It's a ball peen." <laughs> We call that a bullpun. A bullpun. <laughs> so, okay. So, Maureen gets away. Then he attacks Jean. He gives her the five-pound note. And then he kills her. But then he thinks about it. And he goes, hmm. I am so tired of this publicity about the Ripper. Like, they've nicknamed me the Ripper. That's so rude. I don't want police to think this is a Ripper murder. Mm. So, he hides her body. Oh, and a week sense. later, he says, I'm going back. I'm taking my money back. I'm getting me five pound note. I'm getting me five pound note back. <laughs> and he decides, I'm going to cut her head off because the Ripper doesn't cut off heads. Ah. And they won't know. So he gets there. He's really pissed off because her purse is missing. Now, some stupid ass, horrible person has walked by this dead body and stolen the woman's purse and never reported her dead. Was she a sex worker? She was. Well, probably one of her clients came by and said, <laughs> said I guess um, you're not up for it tonight. Or, uh, and I'll just take that five take pound that. note and every everything else in your purse. Exactly. I'll just take this purse home to my wife and give it to her for <laughs> right, Easter. Right, right. 
<laughs> so he tries to cut her head off, but his hacksaw can't hack it. Ah. So he only partially decapitates her, and he's so frustrated that he slashes at her dead body, causing eight-inch-deep post-mortem wounds. Ah. Like he messes her up. Mm. So in December of 1977, Marilyn is a sex worker. Mm. He attacks her, but again, barking dogs drive him away, and she survives. Wow. So now we're in January of 1978. This started in 1975. Mm-hmm. This man is out of freaking control. He and he's is. just doing whatever the hell he wants. I feel like you're leaving out critical information. Well, okay. So, <laughs> so <laughs> she does not deny. I'm not denying. So a sex worker named Yvonne, he attacks her and kills her and hides her body so well she isn't found until March. Mm. But when they find her body, she has been hit in the thigh head with a bapun mur and slash. And they say, who? Who? Ripper. It's the Ripper. It's the Yorkshire Ripper. So now at the end of January. Can you put me putting down the Yorkshire Ripper's at back? <laughs> I don't even know what you just said. Translate, please. I'll have a point and we'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> I'll meet you in the pub for a point. <laughs> oh, God. We've been watching too much British TV. But I love it. I can't get enough. I can't get enough. And I want all of them to be and my friends. so much better at Song I mean, Crime than we are. can we talk about the last for these tango in wherever they are? Halifax. Manchester. In Halifax. I don't know. In the UK. I love that show. It's it was so great. Good. I enjoyed it. It better be coming back on. Okay, anyway, end of January, 1978, there's an 18-year-old sex worker named Helen. He attacks her, and she's on the ground bleeding, and he has sex with her as she's bleeding to death. He's so disgusting. And then he stabs her in the heart and lungs and kills her. And then there's a 10-week lull. Remember when he didn't kill him? I know, I remember back then. He just destroyed them. He didn't Yeah, he just slashed them in their genitals and left them scarred for life. I remember. Oh, Peter. Oh, Peter. So there's a 10-week lull. Mm. I don't know what happens. I don't know if Peter goes on vacation or what the hell. Maybe he got some sort of a flu. I hope he got a venereal disease and oh, got the drips. Oh, God. That I would, would love be amazing. That. So, so um, he comes across a 41-year-old sex worker um, named Vera. Let me tell you, it does not pay to be a sex worker in that area. Well, if you're only getting a five-pound note, I'm just saying. Not I don't only like, that, but there's a history of people loving to kill them. Yeah, there's a ripple situation. There's like a whole situation happening I don't like over it. there. So he attacks her, and he, again, stabs her in her stomach to the point of disembowelment, and she dies. Hmm. That's a nasty way to die. It is a nasty way. Then there's an 11-month lull. Well, God, it's I because you said there was an 11 month old. I was going <laughs> to no. turn the podcast off and no. shut it down. No, it's a lull. A lull. A lull. Not a lullaby. No, 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 <laughs> Not no. Not a lull. Not Turns a lull out his mom gets sick mm. and he is tending to her tenderly. Oh, well, how sweet. I know, tending to her. And so, yay for the sex workers that his mother is sick. And she ends up dying in November of 1978. Oh, God. You would it's think this would change now. his life around. <laughs> Like you would think, okay, oh, I think it's gonna let's make have it a worse. come to Jesus in a minute. But no. Peter, in April of 1975, he attacks a bank clerk. A bank clerk. A bank. Josephine. A she's walking home from work. 
He bashes her in the ham in the head with a ball peen hammer. Crowbar. I'm just going to give it to you. <laughs> Two times, stabs her 25 times. Uh-huh. This is definitely a ripper murder. Yeah. September of 1979. Sugar, how long is this going to go on? How long has this been going going on? on. That's what I'd be saying to the cops. So Barbara is attacked and she dies instantly from one hammer blow to the head. Well, that's really bad, but probably the best way to go. I I think that's exactly right. But he still stabs her anyway, even though she dies. Because he's he's just mean. He's a jackass. So the police bring Peter Sutcliffe in many, many times to interview him about this Ripper, mm-hmm. that they feel like there's something there. Mm. They never keep him. Why? They never, never keep him. Let's see. You look a lot like what they've been describing, Peter. Yeah. It's yeah. You got any ball peen hammers on you? Your Go fish. <laughs> <laughs> I say, old chap, have any ball peen hammers in your hand? <laughs> No? Oh, okay. Well, How about any stabbing tools? Ta-ta. Ta-ta. How about a screwdriver, a knife, or a chisel? Any of those? Go fish. Okay, bye. So, anyway, in April of 1980, he's actually arrested. For? Drunk driving. He sobers up and gets released. Of course he does. Back onto the streets you go, Peter. <laughs> August of 1980. How flipping long has this been flipping going on? Holy freaking moly. 1975. This guy's just doing wherever he wants. Wherever. Wherever. <laughs> he's doing whatever. This is why I'm on like page eight wow. or page like six. So I'm just saying right now it's going to get real mushy. Yeah. Y'all going to be like, get that pudding out of your mouth. <laughs> I don't understand a damn thing you're saying, pudding mouth. <laughs> so, jeez Louise. This is serious shit. I'm not laughing. Keep going. I'm listening. Okay, 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 okay. So he in 1980 he attacks Marguerite, and she's a civil servant. Damn it, Peter! Peter, now you're talking our language. (laughs) He attacks her on the street at night, but he forgot his knife. Like he's like, (laughs) hello, unorganized oaf. Like you're so forgetful, you dumbass. So he's forced. He's forced to strangle her. I have to use me use me hands. <laughs> oh, I hate using me hands. It makes me hands so tired. <laughs> my hands are so sore the next day. I can barely hold my bite. So yeah. So Jackass. God, he's really pissing yes. me off. So the next two attacks um that he makes, these people survive. One lady's name is I'm going to murder this name. I'm going to massacre this name. Upadiah. Oh, like Obadiah, but Obadiah? Oh, up, up, Upadiah, Upadiah. Oh. Um, she's from. She was a doctor visiting from Singapore. Mm. She was just a tourist. Mm. And then the other one was a 16-year-old named Teresa, and it not only traumatized her for the rest of her life, but her parents were so traumatized by what he did. They never got over it. Mm-mm. Like, this guy's a sicko. He's yeah. a sick ticket. I'm not even going to, I don't even want to go into the things he did because it, no, no. he's ookie. He's an ookie mm-hmm. man. So in November of 1980, he attacks a student, mm-hmm. a, a, like a, a university student named Jacqueline, and he kills her, and he bashes her head in so hard that her eye is mutilated. For God's sakes, Peter. Peter, you're gross now. You're just being gross. 
and sloppy and forgetful. So by now, police have actually conducted over 40,000 interviews regarding this case. They ain't paying attention. What is the matter with them? And they've spent over a million pounds. Oh, a million pounds? Yes, on this investigation. Oh, my. And they still don't have a, they don't have a man. So now we're in January of 1981. Come on, mofos, catch up. Yeah, I don't, I feel like you're leaving something out. So Olivia, I'm going to say her name is Rivers, but it could be Reavers. It's Mm. R-E-I-V-E-R-S, but I'm saying Rivers, Rivers, I don't know, Rivers. I don't know. I don't either. <laughs> it's all the same Continue pronunciation. On. We've, talk, we've so, moved from Olive to Olivia. Yes. Yeah, so she is um, the mother of two, and he, but she's a sex worker, and he picks her up and gets her into his car. But there's a policeman paying attention, uh-huh. and he goes, "Oh, that's mm. not safe for her to be in a car with a with a person because she's a sex worker, and he might." Kill her. Rip off. So he, he goes, um, I'm going to need for y'all to step out of the car. So Peter goes, I have to use the bathroom so badly. Can I run behind that dumpster and pee real quick? And he's like, yes, yeah, I'm going to talk to her. Let me talk to the sex worker who, by the way, is in danger. And I'm going to let you just go off and, and whip out your willy and go tinkle. Yeah. Like, how? Hello. Right. So he comes back and the investigator is like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about this guy. And he actually <laughs> lets him go. Yeah. But he gets his information from him. Oh, and does Pizza give him his real information? At first he doesn't, and then he does. Oh. So, but he, so, because but. Because at this point, Peter has to be exhausted. Well, of course. He's I'm exhausted. Like, please, I'm please exhausted. Me. I cannot do this any longer. Man, so, the policeman decides to go back to the scene where he actually went behind the dumpster to urinate. Uh-huh. Just out of curiosity. And there sits a ball peen hammer and a knife. Wow. That he had taken out of his pockets. Now, was this officer he never to paid together and say, wow, that's yes. interesting. Yes. So what they is this actually pulled Peter Sutcliffe. They pull him in and they had started getting some crime scene labs back and stuff. They take a blood sample from him finally and he, ex- he, it, he, he. Oh, shit. Where's that word going? It's not exactly. He actually, actually <laughs> has a has a blood type of B. And that is rare. blood type of B was what at every single scene that they had investigated gotcha. with blood samples. Right, right. So they're like, ding, ding, ding. Hey, This might be our rip off. <laughs> so... They go pick him up, and Peter sits down with them, and he gives a 15-hour statement recounting every one of his crimes over the years. He's so tired. He's like, please, it's about freaking time you I caught know. me. I'm exhausted. I'm sure he's like very dumb asses. his work. Dumb asses. So he claims that when he was 20 years old as a grave digger, God told him to go kill prostitutes. Huh? That well, here's the thing. It, it makes no sense because half of his victims weren't even prostitutes. I know. Sex so workers. They weren't sex workers mm-hmm. or prostitutes mm-hmm. or prosecutors. <laughs> but they may have gone back to school, gotten a law degree, and become prosecutors. Right. Which is a prostitute turned prosecutor. Correct. Which I got to tell you, I'd like to see a whole lot of those in our court system. Yes. So anyway, he said that he was just cleaning up the streets. He's like, I'm just cleaning up the streets. Really? A 14-year-old? A 16-year-old? Come on. 
You're cleaning up the streets no. with a shop assistant and a bank teller and a visiting doctor. Like, what Not are you cleaning? Yeah, we need to clean you up. There are Pita. better ways to clean up the streets, Pita. Yeah, how about a broom? Or just be a chimney sweep. Or... <laughs> Get these poor women out of the life of sex worker and give them a job digging graves. Or anything. Exactly. Anything that doesn't put their life at risk and they don't have to demean themselves to go with these nasty five-pound note men. Correct. Come on. So anyway, um, he had gotten to the point where he could no longer be sexually aroused without attacking women Gross. Like, how gross. He's so booty. He's oody. Ugh. So the next thing he says after 15 hours is, I'd like to call my wife, Sonia, and break the news to her. Oh, well, she's going to be thrilled. So he was like, Sonia, it's me. She was like, what are you talking about? He said, it's me. I'm the Yorkshire Ripper. And she said, what the hell did you do all that for? What were you doing? And he never answered. Oh, because you couldn't have any babies. So despite the confession, a judge says, we still need a trial. Like, wasting money. Due process, dude. You got to go through it. So, in April of 1987, a trial begins, and it lasts a fortnight. A fortnight? How long do you think that is? What's a fortnight? Four nights? It's actually 14 days. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know what we get fortnight. 14 nights. 14 nights. Fortnight. Yeah. Okay, you just take off the E-E-N. Is that what you do? Yeah, I think, okay. yeah. So if it's 18 days, it's an eight night? No, it mm. only works in Fort. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> it only works in the Fort area. Correct. What if it's 40 nights? Nope. No, it's just the 14. No, that's no. 40 days, 40 nights. Oh, gosh. See that would be thing. a four night. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, it's very confusing because fortnight is F-O-R-T, night. Right. So it's a night spent in a fort? I'm sure it has something to do with Latin. Go back to your roots. If anybody's listening from the UK, can you please explain to me where we get Fortnite from? Thank you. Google it. I'm not Googling. I would like to hear from my UK friends, please. Thank too. you very much. <laughs> I'd be more interested in... We want to hear from the UK people. I'd be more interested in hearing how they feel about the way you've murdered their names. <laughs> <laughs> Only a couple. So, anyhow, after the Fortnite... Um, he is found to be sane, good, and guilty of thirteen murders and seven attacks. That's it. Yes. Dang. There are two sitting out there that he never confessed to, and the police didn't said we don't have enough evidence to charge him on those. One of them happened to be that little girl Tracy that was fourteen years old. Mm. So at the trial, of course, Peter showed no emotion, and the judge said he would show up every day like he was showing up to work. Like right. it was just no. This is job. This is just what I'm doing. First, I clean up your streets. Now, come to court. It's all a job. So, finally, after he was in prison for 11 years, he confessed to those two extra victims, including Tracy. So she could probably Why? put behind Why? her. Why? Because he's an asshole. Somebody went and talked to him. So, okay. So, in 1984, Pita um, gets attacked and gets sent to Broadmoor Prison, which is a more secure prison. Wait, wait. Not Broad Church. Oh, shoot. Not Broad. I know. I was like, oh, my God. But then, no. Mm -mm. So, in 1997, he was stabbed in both his eyes with a pen by another inmate. I know. But they actually performed surgery on him to save his eyesight. I'd have been like, dude, here's two patches. Get the hell over it. And so he 
They saved his right eye, but they didn't save his left eye. So he's blind in one eye. Sonia eventually divorced him and remarried, but she still lives in their home that they had purchased together. Well, yeah. Sell it. Why? Ew. He was out killing. She was making a home. That's true. She was making a home. Whatever. That's weird. So the Yorkshire police were eventually investigated for how they mishandled yeah. the Ripper case. Um, a lot of it came, it, there was a scathing report that came out that talked about their shoddy work and how they ignored these prostitutes that had been attacked and then survived. Mm -hmm. And then they were just like, whatever, it's just another dead prostitute. I mean, it's just one less person for us to, uh, they were horrible. Yeah. So the scathing report came out, but it brought about a lot of many, 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 a lot of many. <laughs> Jeez lovers. Jeez lovers. <laughs> Cheese lovers, all you cheese lovers, listen up. Ah. It brought many positive changes to the force. Now, Jacqueline Hill, who was his last murder victim, her family actually sued the police for restitution for, oh, because it got, more than, it got rejected. What? I know. I'm really, I'm upset with you over there, Mary Old England. I don't think that's the way they do business. So in 2010, Peter was um, up for release um, because... He had a 30-year, like, so they said you have a life sentence for every murder, okay? Yeah. But and we need you to at least be there for 30 years. That's not 13 life sentences. <laughs> that doesn't work. Do you know how old he was? I'm going to get to that. So he goes up to talk to them about his impending release, mm -hmm. and they said, dude, you're never getting out of jail. You're never going to get your release so stop talking to us. Mm -hmm. But he kept saying every year, oh, I'm, I'm due to get out every year. He mm. would say, I'm due to go get out, but he didn't. I mean, so, listen, they could have let him out and sent him to L.A. to do a cover story on They could have. They really could <laughs> you know, have. They, they could have. The well, I just don't, I think that because he dropped out at the age of 15, he didn't have good writing skills. Uh, maybe, maybe. And that's, that he was he just, he write. was two years of school from a journalist degree. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if he had only known that was an option. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, last year when the coronavirus hit, it took this mf -er right to hell. Oh, wow. Age 74. Bye-bye. Not the Rona? Bye-bye. Wow. Thank you, Rona. Yeah, silver wow. linings with that Rona. I'm just saying. It's a shame it took the Rona to take him out. He yes. Been... So, as of today, as of today, his victims, families, and survivors are in court suing for his estate. They want it split amongst them. Sonia was named the executor of his will. He mm -hmm. has a will, and there is rumored to be a lot of land in his possession still. Well, she needs to turn it right over. She will not open the will without a court order, even though all of his siblings have implored her to please open that will and, and give these victims his land, give it all to them. They don't want Which it. Then makes they didn't me have wonder, children. Sonia, what did you know? Oh, Sonia, I'm going to need an interview with you. <laughs> oh, an yeah. interview over a spot of cheese. Chi. <laughs> Shit. I was going to say we'll have a chat over a spot of tea, but it came out chi. Chi whiz. <laughs> wow. I have a really great joke for you. Okay. Who do Christian mice pray to? Jesus. That's why I keep saying chi because I heard that joke today. Oh, <laughs> So anyway, that is the Yorkshire Ripper. Wow, that's amazing. And, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot. lot. And he's an asshole, and now hopefully he's on a real slow roast downstairs in heaven. Yeah. I, I mean, it's so. downstairs in hell. Hell is upstairs. <laughs>
there's oh, no. no. I'm just going with whatever I you say. I'm exhausted. Hot. I hope he's hot. <laughs> real, yeah. real hot and sweaty. Yeah. Sweaty. I hope he's got sweaty balls. <laughs> okay, sugar, that's my murder. Oh, wow. That was amazing. Yeah, that's my murders. That a, murders and attacks. A lot of murders. New Yorkshire Ripper. All right, well. Pizza. Pizza Scotliff. We're going to pause it. I'm excited. Ooh. And <laughs> sorry, my dog just passed gas right now. And, and then I looked and your dog spun around so fast. I knew it was him. It's because I put together a lick bowl for him at the beginning of this, but. He goes through it so fast. He's going through that and half another one and some treats. Oh, he's going to have the trots he's, later. So he's he's going to have the trout trots. really bad shape. So. But I'm going to need to check on me bread. <laughs> Okay. So I'm going to put you on pause. And we might, I mean, maybe we could come back to America and leave our British oh, yeah. accents We're behind. Gonna come right back. We could never <laughs> leave them behind. Oh, I haven't so figured out how to do them. it. Oh, I, I mean, not by. No, don't go please anywhere. And we are back. And we are family. I knocked on my bread. It sounds hollow. So I knocked fingers knocky. crossed that it's not stodgy. Oh, if you got stodgy, you're starting over and staying up all night long. No, that's not happening. Mm. It looks good, though. I mean, it it looks like smells bread. so good. I can't even. I yeah. can't. Yeah, yeah. I can't even. Mm. For some reason, this is reminding me of Easter, but I don't know why. Yeah, it's like something. Easter bread. Yeah, yeah. I would. Tip it. God, I would, it smells so you're good. thinking of hot cross buns. I certainly am. <laughs> <laughs> I like my hot cross buns. You don't like a hot cross bun, though. You like a cinnamon roll. I do. Hot cross buns have got the candied fruit, the fruit like you find in fruit cake. Oh, I'm not putting up with that. Like neon green that was, and the neon No, red. I thought those were just on top. Even on top, you off, wouldn't like them. But I could pick them off. <clears throat> no, some people put them all throughout. Mm-mm, I don't like them. I like my buns crossed a different buns, way than that. She likes the buns crossed differently. <laughs> Let's get back to America. Okay, we're back in America. We are going to Michigan. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Home we, state of... The Michigans. The real Slim Shady, who I like to call Marshall. Marshall. Marshall Mathers. I do love Marshall. I do, too. I do love him. I don't like some of the things that he says, though. Yeah, but I feel like he's really mellowed in his old age. I feel like he's just, he's been a good dad yeah, to his daughter. I and think really, so too. that speaks volumes. And I think he's mellowed in his old age. Or Maybe. I've just stopped listening know. to him. I don't know. Correct. Yeah. We're probably going to get in some hot water about that one, but to each his own. We Everybody. are not political. Everybody people. calm down. Calm the freak down. Okay. This is going to happen in Jackson, Michigan. Oh, my dog. Pick we're gonna start. We're gonna start taking him downstairs to your house. I don't think my and let husband him hang will out there. appreciate that. He'll love it. Are you kidding? This dog adores your husband. That's true. He and does. I think they would snuggle in, and your husband would go right to sleep. Oh yeah. Never find her a night. Yeah, that's very All true. Right, let's get up here. I think the problem is he's got gas, and he feels like he needs to go Oh my gosh. But that's not. Happening. Don't panic. It's just gas. It's just gas, buddy. Don't panic. Yeah, because it's dark outside, and it's, we just had a murder about the ripper. We had a ripper. We don't want a ripper out there. Oh, you might be ripping them in here, but we're not going to be ripping them out there. All right. <clears throat> On with it. Police are called to a house in Jackson County, Michigan. Okay. A man is called to say his fiancée, fiancée, his fiancée. <laughs> you are not even one paragraph in and you've messed up. I, because I'm going second and I've had a lot to drink. My fiancée. My fiancée. Oh, 
And I'm got a freaking dog in my lap. He's not even in your lap. He's like up around your chin. Well, I don't even know. I can't breathe. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to make out with you. It's making me uncomfortable. Ah. <sighs> Can we swaddle him? Yes. Would you? <laughs> so as police enter the bedroom, they find the body of a woman slumped between <laughs> He keeps trying to lick her in the mouth. He's just talking about serious things. It's a sneak attack. (laughs) They find this is serious. They find the body of a woman slumped between the bed and the wall. She's got blood on her. She's got stab mocks. (laughs) It's happening. I thought you were going to say stab mocks. Mocks. She's got mocks. I don't even think that's British. I think it's Italian. Like Jersey Italian or Boston. Boston. No. No. Pop the car on the mocks. She's got mocks. Stop it. A woman has died. And she has zip ties on her hand. It appears that she had been strapped to the bed and cut loose. The woman's Beyonce is identified or identifies her as 28 year old Francis Craig. His name is Eric Wolf, and he tells police that he came home from, from his shift work. You're gonna love this. He sees Francis on the floor of their bedroom, assumes she's passed out, and on the decides, floor? decides she was probably drunk. Oh, God. He doesn't check on her. He closes the door. What? Goes downstairs, gets in the recliner, and goes night-night. Oh, my gosh. Dude, at least put a blanket on her. (laughs) Yeah. When asked, he tells police that he didn't notice the zip ties around her wrist or the big blood stain on the bed. Oh, my God. As a matter of fact, when police spoke to Eric about Francis's brutal murder, he seems very calm. He comes across as aloof even indicating at one point that he wondered if maybe she didn't die of suicide. Oh, my gosh. Eric isn't the one that discovered Francis. It was his 10-year-old daughter. Oh, no. Yeah. She walked into the bedroom and sees Francis on the floor. She walks over, and she can tell there's something wrong. She touches her. And she feels like she's cold. So she runs down and has to wake up her dad and then tells him to call I feel like he's the one that's drunk. Yeah. For heaven's sake. I mean, for heaven's sake. I mean, for heaven's sake. If my fiancé comes home and I'm drunk, passed out on the floor, maybe throw a blanket on me. How about help me into the flipping bed? Whatever. Well, I can't say that because I have, in my past life... Oh, dear. Had a fiance that passed out. A fiance on the floor, but I saw him pass out, and he was face down on the hardwood floor. Okay, well that's super breathing. Did you put a blanket on him at least? Which can mix? No. Oh sh. I went to bed. I stepped over him and went to bed, but he's been a real jerk all night. I mean, so. I'm going to tell you, match made in heaven. I don't know what the heck happened to your marriage. I don't know why I got divorced. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. And this was pre-marriage. Well, I don't know. We may have been married. I don't know. It's, it's all been a blur. really, really long time ago. <laughs> but I made sure he was breathing before I went to bed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I've read a couple of different things. One... Story says that that Francis had been stabbed. Stabbed. 
What's happening? What is happening? Where are you from? I don't know. I think you're from Boston. I'm Boston tonight. <laughs> Police count 90 stab wounds. Oh, my I've God. That's a lot. I also read another story that said it was 20 stab wounds. Either way, she mm-hmm. got stabbed to death. Um, There's quite, a big difference between 20 and 90. I agree. But... A Somebody might be counting more than interviewed once. said 90. I'm going to go with what he said. Okay. It was very brutal. There murder. should have been an autopsy that counted them specifically. Yes, but oddly enough, in all of the paperwork that I looked at, I did not see any autopsy okay. information. I'm not quite sure why that is. Okay. And I actually saw court documents and didn't. Well, they're not always included with court documents. Correct. You have to you have to specifically request them. I'll let you know how to do that well, later because I know how. I'm good. I don't need to do that. <laughs> All right. So the forensics team comes in. They start collecting evidence. And then police start questioning Eric. Eric doesn't act like a normal grief-stricken person. He's non-reactive. Um, as a matter of fact, when he talked about that whole, I thought maybe she had committed suicide situation, he actually says... Until just now, when you told me that she was stabbed to death, I thought maybe she had committed suicide, and I just didn't want to deal with it, so I shut the door and went downstairs. Okay. That's well, what I'm saying. If this is something that he's had to deal with before, or I don't know, people react all differently, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. He said maybe the stress of the wedding, which was supposed to happen in just like a little, maybe a month. Maybe that had been too much. He didn't know. She was not, number one, she was not like a heavy drinker. She was very happy about planning the wedding. She has two young daughters, a three-year-old. I don't know what he's talking about. She's happy, so but he thinks that she committed suicide. No, he's not saying this. I'm telling you what her friends have said. Oh. Her friends are not saying like. She might have committed suicide, but she's real happy. No, and no, no. She, I thought she passed out, but she don't drink much. No, 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 no. Her friends have come out and said, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Okay. She has a three-year-old and a five-year-old. Okay. He's got a 10-year-old. She's about to be a stepmom. Yeah. So, um, something's just not, it's not. Adding up. Adding up. And they point blank ask Eric, did you have something to do with her murder? And, and let me guess. he says, No. Adamantly, no, I absolutely had nothing to do with her death. So they start kind of looking into Eric and his background, like, we need to, to know who he is. Let's figure out what the hell he is. Who and are you? All your people. Well, let me tell you. Okay, okay. Eric has had some violent tendencies oh, in the past. Eric. Some past girlfriend scuffles. So he's got a bit of a record. And would you know, Eric's father, Daniel is currently in jail serving time for first-degree murder. Wow. What? This is not not sitting well with me. What? I don't understand. Um, Friends on both sides did come forward and say that Eric and Francis both had had some second thoughts about getting married. Um, There are a lot of red flags going up at this point. There was no forced entry into the home. Police get a search warrant. Because they need to take a look at the electronics in the house. They notice that Francis's, that's hard, Francis's Francis's, cell phone isn't in the house. You could call her Fran. Franz. Well, some people called her Franny, but I didn't really hear her friends calling her Franny. So I didn't want to call her Franny because I wasn't sure if people called her Franny. 
I don't know. Don't call her Fran. Her attorney called her Fran. It just makes me uncomfortable. Everybody that really seemed to really know her called her Frances. Okay. Well, so Frances is Frances's cell phone wasn't in the house, but police did find it smashed up against a tree in the backyard. Oh. When they checked the phone, they didn't find anything out of the ordinary. Nothing. 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 Out nothing. Of the ordinary. No. I'm hearing you say nothing. There wasn't. There wasn't. So they really start to hone in on Eric as the killer because, I mean, that makes the most sense. So they start, they go in and they check his alibi. They go to the, his place of employment. They look at the time card. He checked in. He clocked in at six in the evening. He clocked out at six in the morning. That says 12 hour shift, just like he said. There are security cameras in the building, but they don't give a hundred percent coverage of where he could be. Okay. So they cannot clear him. And at this point, they don't arrest him, but they do remove the children from his home and put them with grandparents just to be on the safe side. And he agrees to it. He says, if that's what makes you comfortable, fine. Okay. So, and he, he says he's good with it. He gets supervised visits. Okay. With his daughter, I don't know what his relationship was with With her kids. Yeah. But he seems cooperative. Yeah. So this is really tough for police because Frances didn't really have any enemies. She had, you know, an ex-husband or two, and they didn't always get along, but they had alibis. And so nobody, everybody's just like, Frances was great. Strange to danger. What the heck? As a matter of fact, Frances was so nice that she had taken in one of Eric's friends, Ryan Marshall, after his house burned down. He lived with them until April of 2014, just four months before Frances was murdered. So police called old Ryan in for questioning. He doesn't have a lot to offer. He's got an alibi, and he stands by Eric and says there is no way that Eric would murder Francis. There's just no way. Yeah, but would you? Well, evidently he had an alibi. Okay. So the crime, the crime, the cram. The cram. The crime lab gets a hit on DNA that was found on the zip tie. Um, there were zip ties around her wrist. Yeah. So they did get a hit. They run it through the system and a name comes back. <gasps> yeah. Cortez Butler. So weird. Cortez. Cortez, he doesn't live in Jackson. He lives ever close to Detroit. So I don't even know where all that is. Well, they're not in the same place. Okay. So it's it, it would be odd for him to show up. Like, what's the connection here? What what the heck? Interestingly enough, though, Cortez had served more than 20 years for second degree murder. Oh god. He had been released on parole. July of 2013, lived in the Detroit area. So they got to find Cortez, right? They got to yes. figure out what the heck are you doing. I think he's exploring. He might, yes. <laughs> I think he's out exploring Cortez. and discovering new lands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. So the police call his parole officer. Uh-huh. They get his cell phone number. Uh-huh. They run the cell phone through all the little magical things yes. that you do with cell phone numbers when you're looking at people. Uh-huh. And wouldn't you know, he had been in Jackson on August 10th. I'm going to Jackson. And that's the day that... I'm going to mess around. That's a uh, Johnny Cash and June Cash song. This is not what he was doing there. So that's when Francis was murdered, August 10th. Oh, and he was in town that time. He was. 
The Faroon records also connect Cortez to some other shady characters. Rodney McKee, McKee, M-C-K-E-E, McKee. Rodney. Yeah, who's under investigation for an apartment building fire in Jackson. And his uncle, Clifford, 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 Clifford McKee, also served time in prison for murder, but also was out. These people are prison-serving, out-walking-around type of people. Correct, Amendo. Well, guess what? And they're up to mischief. Guess who owned the apartment building that got burned? Ryan Marshall. He's the friend. He was the friend. Yes. And he owned that apartment building. He and then he did. came and stayed with them while after that happened. It turns out Are you that, saying that he did it? No. Like, did he burn down his own apartment? He did not. He, he was turned, a victim. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you <laughs> yeah. just. But I'm just maybe saying. Maybe zip it for one sec. With I'm some zip tie. zip tie. Turns out that Ryan's mama. His mom. His mom <laughs> had been dealing some heroin. <gasps> what? Yeah, for Rodney McKee. Uh, but after a couple of months, she said, you know, this is really in for me. This is not for me. I thought it was going to be a lot easier. I thought this was a work from home job. Really you got me driving places. Not into the I'm not, I'm not really making thing. my money back. I think I'm going to do DoorDash. Peace out, brother. Yeah, I'm going to DoorDash. I'm a DoorDash. Well, Rodney, he didn't take he didn't take that well. He didn't? No. No, 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 no. Where did she no. live at the time? Well, she lived in that apartment building. Well, I'll be damned. And so when we think of an apartment, we think of like an apartment complex. This is a building that maybe had a, one or two apartments. Okay. And it's a, it looked like a house. Okay. Um, and, and Ryan and his mama lived there. Okay. They both lived there. Mm-hmm. And they happened to be inside the house when it was set upon fire. Set upon? <laughs> yes. Oh, heavens. Yes. Set and upon? It also turns out that Ryan saw who set the house on fire. Was it Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Marshall. Oh, my, that's right. I forgot Marshall. <laughs> Ryan Marshall. So Ryan Marshall Mathers? No. Okay. No, that's no. His, that's how rumors Ryan get Marshall. started. Yes. So, uh, the whole thing turned out to be a plot to get rid of a witness. But what Rodney didn't know was that Ryan had moved out. He didn't live with Eric and Francis anymore. Right. What the flip? Right. Wait one minute. I will not. Are you saying? Yes. That he killed her because he went looking for for Ryan, Ryan and found her at home instead mm-hmm. and killed her because he got he got it wrong. Mm. She died because he got it wrong. Mm. Mm. Is that what you're mm. saying? Mm. Mother flipper. I know it. Clifford had hired Cortez to get rid of Ryan. Cortez and Clifford had served time together. I feel like there was a a breakdown of communication because Ryan is a man and he clearly (laughs) killed a woman. No, you're going to love. He tells you. He'll tell you why he did it. Oh, I'm so thankful to him. So Clifford hired Cortez to get rid of Ryan because he was a witness Mm -hmm. and they were getting ready to go to trial. So they got to get rid of the witness so that Rodney doesn't go down. No witness. No crime. Because Clifford is Rodney's uncle. Yeah. Got to. Got That's to a good uncle. Take care of the family. You gotta. You gotta take care of your peeps. So, um, Rodney and Clifford paid Cortez 
to take care of their problem. When Cortez gets to the house, he finds Francis, and the cell phone records for all three of these jackasses show correspondence via text where they discuss getting rid of Ryan. Eric Wolf had no involvement whatsoever. None. Nothing. Who? Uh, Eric Wolf was the fiancé. Correct. So according to Cortez, he got into the house. Evidently, the door was unlocked. Must be that kind of neighborhood. It happens. It does. I mean, it happens. He but walked, guys, please lock your doors. He walked into the rooms. There were two rooms that had the three, girl, the three children. Mm-hmm. There were two girls, one boy. He didn't bother the children. Thank the Lord. He walks into the room and he sees Francis. He wakes her up and says, hey, I'm looking for Ryan. And she says, he doesn't live here. And he said, don't you look at me. Oh. Don't look at me. <laughs> right. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. So he Tell keeps me on her and he wants, he's, he wants to know where is he and she won't tell him. Well, maybe she didn't even freaking know. Right. And, I don't know where people are. And then he said, and she looked at me. <gasps> so I had to kill her. Mother, you are so mean. And the autopsy report does the, the her, her uh, the attorney, the prosecutor, the prosecuting attorney, I got it. Not the prosecutor. Ooh. There's not a prosecutor. Said that it was a very long and drawn out killing that he had tortured her. He tortured her, her to try to, to get try her to talk. To try and get that information. Yeah. What a son of a bitch. I know. Isn't that awful? What a son of a bitch. He could have just walked out. And he out. knew that she had children in that house. He, didn't, he, didn't, he did not care. These are not the type of people that care. I can assure you of this. Oh, my gosh. Because she throughout did, his trial, Rodney. This is, not his, this is not her business. It's not her circus, not her monkeys. No. Not her anything. She had simply involved. helped out a friend, and he wasn't even there. Oh, my God. Yep. And throughout the whole trial, Rodney, um, no, 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 Cortez, who was the actual yeah. killer, was all smiley and laughing, very proud, very, very proud of, of the what murder he did? that he had committed before and he had served time. Very proud of this. Very, very well, proud. Good. He can be very proud for the rest of his life and live under the jail with Rod- the worms. <laughs> Rodney McKee, Clifford McKee, and Cortez Butler are all found guilty good. of first-degree murder. Good. Conspiring to kit- to commit murder yes. in the first degree and first-degree home invasion. Rodney and Clifford were also found guilty of soliciting murder. Okay. They were all sentenced to life without parole. That's not enough. In 2018, all three appealed their murder conviction, but the appeal was denied. In October of 2020, Cortez Butler's appeal to the Supreme Court was denied. He will never walk the streets again. On January... But he gets to walk, and that's what makes me mad. Correct. Yeah. I mean, he's and his, he's proud. As far as I know, he's, he's with, with his, his people. people because right. he's proud of what he did. Yeah. Like, he's got a lot of pride. Yeah. And he's probably, like, exalted in prison for being so brutal. Right. Oh. This and it is was very... Uh, it was like... I'm getting dizzy. It was really hard for her family and her friends to oh listen to him and to watch him day in and day out during this whole court case. I can't imagine with the smirking and the smiling and the pride and the, oh my God, I just want to, I want to, I want to bludgeon him and I want to, I want to snatch his eyeballs right out of his head. And then I want, I would like to take a knife and split his tongue. 
Because he's, he's a horrible person. Yeah. He probably enjoy all that, to be honest I don't want him to live. I want to put light bulbs in his food every day. Crushed oh, up light bulbs. that's such a good idea. I agree. Hopefully somebody in the prison system will take care of him. But we'll, I really we'll see what hope happens. so. On January 27th, 2021, the Supreme Court of Michigan granted Rodney and Clifford McKee's defense team an extension to file a supplemental brief for review. They have until they had until the twenty third. What happens when you go to the Supreme Court? They once you go from I don't think it's the district court, but the civil court, whatever court it is that you go to before you get to it's your circuit, appeals, it's, circuit court. Yeah. Once you go through that process, then you go to the Supreme Court and you are allowed. You have to file. Your attorney has to file a supplemental brief. Each one of them gets 20 minutes okay. to do their brief. They, it's not like the, the case is tried over again. And they claim that they should not have been convicted because, and this is a true fact, Cortez Butler, when he confessed to police about what he did, it was not recorded. Not recorded. And that's what they're making. They said because it's not a recorded statement, they should get off. I don't think Michigan Supreme Court is going to say, okay, we're going to overturn it, do a new mark. I don't think so. But I think because of the coronavirus, this whole thing has gotten extended. Well, so we are definitely going to have to go on some kind of website and do a court watch. But they were they got life sentences for several of their charges, and they're only talking about the murder charge. These guys are not getting out of jail. They're not getting out of jail, but they should not be exonerated for murder either. No. they. So, I mean, or, he murdered her. Right. Right. So. And he was proud of it. So what does he care? Yeah. No. Yeah. And they hired him. They, there's proof that. Yeah. They, they hired they him. Text messages and there's yeah. proof. Like everything lies. It's not like his statement. It's not like it was only, questionable. Right. Right. So, yeah, I, I don't see that. Go, but we'll follow it. And if we get an update on it, we'll let everybody know. And that is the brutal, horrible Terrible murder of Frances Craig. Well, God rest her soul. Yes. And her poor children that have to grow up without a mother. Yes. And um, her friend Ryan better be at her grave kissing that headstone oh, every I can't single imagine day. imagine the amount of guilt that he must feel. She saved his life. She certainly did. She absolutely sacrificed her own life for him. She did. So, How would you like a piece of toast? I think I need... A piece of toast. A piece of toast. I'm going to put it on pause so I can cut the bread. Oh, I'm sorry. I I don't know what that word is. That's how you do it. And we're back. We're back. And the bread is not stodgy. And it's gorgeous. It is so pretty. I can't wait to shove it in my pie hole. (laughs) And I I did splurge Mm -hmm. and buy the Kerrygold Irish butter to put on it. Oh, Lord, sugar. Mm. Oh, my God. You're in charge of the Easter bread. Oh, my God. It's so good. Okay. We that is so good. It is really, really good. We have social media. We do. You can get this recipe if you email us and ask for it. We'll say, yes, you can have it. You and can. you can be our friend. You can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That email address, I'm going to stop eating, <laughs> is murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com. Yes. Yes. Email and us. And we have Instagram. Oh, God, we do? Mm-hmm. At sugarcoatedmurder. And I'm still eating. <laughs> ah, sorry. <laughs> uh, 
Mm-hmm. People are going to be mad at you. I don't care. Um, they're just gel. Yeah. So that's at Sugar Coated Murder, and we're up over 900 followers. Yeah, you're missing out if you're not following us on Instagram. I'm telling you, it's a wild time. Mm-hmm. But we're also on Facebook. We yes. have a Facebook fan page, and it's like... <laughs> He doesn't like it when we talk about the fan page. He doesn't. He really doesn't. I think he's upset because he doesn't have his own fan page. Probably. Mm-hmm. So um, you can just go on Facebook and type in the search. You just type in Sugarcoated Murder Podcast Fan Group Page, and it'll come up. And we have just we a regular. Also just regular. That Sugarcoated Murder Podcast. Yes. So any of those are fine. But mm-hmm. if you come to the fan page, we post memes. We post our episodes early. We do things like that. We kind of banter back and forth and it's a good time there and we would love it if you would join us and also we're on twitter and i don't know that handle and we're on tumblr and i don't know how that handle i don't even know how i put things out there but i do it's so confusing but we're on tiktok now and i'm looking for people to follow me on tiktok we're taking and talking yes so come and follow us on tiktok and you look for sugar-coated murder i think just type in the search Sugar Coated Murder Podcast. If you can't find us, email us, and then I'll put the link on an email and send it to you. Because, I I mean, I just don't know. Yeah. We'll get it together eventually. We're getting there. We have a link tree. We do. It's, it's on so our convenient. fan page. Yes. It's in the bio of our Instagram handle. It's in the bio of our TikTok. It's in, the, it's in our bio of our We're TikTok We're amazing. Profile. And so there's a link tree, and on that link tree, you can find several different places that you can listen to us, and there's a place where you can buy awesome merchandise. Mm-hmm. There's like two or three different places that sell our merchandise, so... And, and we you get, get a, a face wee... mask. You can get a face mask with sugar-coated murder yes, on it. Yeah, and we get a wee bit of profit, so if you're in the mood to support a small business, that's us. Mm-hmm. That's what we are. And also on this link tree, you can actually click the top link, and you can send us some money through PayPal to... Buy us a spa of tea. Buy us a spa of tea or, or a cup, cup of joe. joe. <laughs> <laughs> or some flour or some Kerrygold butter. Yeah. Or some cinnamon or whatever. Some calm pills for trout. Calm pills for trout or just help um, offset the expenses of our podcast. Yeah. Because believe it or not, a podcast costs money. It does. It does. Several different um, revenues of outcome but not a lot of income no no there's <laughs> so, not any income if you want to help there's some sisters <laughs> no if you want to help some sisters out feel free absolutely so this has been fun it's been amazing we went to um gaston lake the last episode we were talking about going to visit our friends the vicks and we went to visit them we had a super great time we really did we ended up going and um, meeting two of our awesome high school friends, Cindy and Marty, at this beautiful, cute little restaurant called Serve. Oh, my gosh. It was so incredible. Serve in Franklin, Virginia. Virginia. And it was so cute. And I really, really hope if you're ever in that area that you will go because the service was amazing. Not only was the service, but the food was top-notch. Top-notch. I'm so impressed. The artichoke dip with the meat Greatest part is this restaurant is in the an old um, storefront that used to be a drugstore, and that drugstore used to be Parker Drug, and that's where our dad first worked when we moved to Franklin as a family before Annie was even like a twinkle in anybody's eyeball. Exactly. So great place, but we had a really good time, and 
We, it was so much fun. We went to the Franklin Library, and there was a girl there named Beth that oh, could not have been more patient so with two old biddies up in there trying to learn how to use microphones. We're, we're researching a murder, and it's not time to do it just no, yet. No, but it's, it's, a local, it's a local murder, and we were in there trying to find some newspaper clippings and from the 80s, and so it was all on microfilm. Yeah. And this girl, Beth, could not have been more helpful. So very patient. shout out to Beth. If we have any listeners in that area, please drop by the library and tell Beth That's that we gave her. Ruth Camp Marks Library, right? Ruth, Ruth, Ruth Camp, Camp Campbell. So Ruth Campbell. Whatever. Mark. I don't know. It's the Franklin it's Library. The I don't know. It's a beautiful building. but It's not a library. It is a it library. Is Stop in there and tell Beth that we said hi ho girl. hi ho Yes. So, anyway, guys. Oh, my gosh. And we also discovered this fantastically wonderful place called Belmont Peanuts. Yes. And we brought four cans back. Yeah. Um, we got Bloody Mary flavored, Chesapeake Bay flavored, Margarita flavored, and sea salt, just to be on the other yeah. side. But. Mm-hmm. Um, Super good so peanuts. So reasonably priced. They are so good. And it's a it's a family owned business, small business in Southampton County. Look it so up. look it up. You can get everything online. Send them an email and tell them that you heard about them from Sugar Coated Murder. And y'all, Southampton County in Virginia is peanut country. There are so many peanut companies there. I'm amazed it, that they are. all thrive, but they, they all, all have incredible products. Yes, but Belmont. Belmont is where you want to be. They've got the cutest little shop with a deli counter. Oh, we is went there, in there. We weren't we weren't scheduled to eat lunch mm-hmm. there, but we went in there to pick up the peanuts and so OMG. So Casey helped us with the peanuts, but Ashley actually got the peanuts together for us. Yeah, so she, thank you, Ka- Ka- Casey and Ashley. <laughs> Cashley and AC. <laughs> no. It's not who you are at all. So, so Belmont Peanuts, we'll put this information out mm-hmm. on our fan page so you don't forget. Mm-hmm. These are great small local businesses and they need they ship Belmont yeah. they ship they need your support they're they farmers support. they're peanut farmers and mm-hmm. they need your support yeah so, so yeah anyway guys we love oh, y'all wait. one more time one more thing we went into the cutest little shop while we were in Gaston it's in Littleton North Carolina uh-huh. and it's called Once Upon a County Line Emporium, Emporium. look them up too super cute wonderful oh my gosh. shop wonderful we found this beautiful depression glass cake stand and cupcake stand. Oh, so cute! Guys, they've got awesome You'll see stuff. pictures. Well, we did a picture last week with the key lime pie on it. Oh my gosh! Yes, that's a cute little store. So if y'all are in Littleton, North Carolina, that's the town that they're actually in, and yep. go in and see them and tell them that you heard about us on Sugar Coated Murder. They'll be thrilled. Yes, we told them we'd give them a shout out. All right, I'm going to tell you one more thing, and then we're going to go. Yeah, because. It's past my bedtime. I know. I was meant to make a chocolate chess pie uh-huh. for last whatever. This It was going to be on this week's, but I had to scrap it because I messed it up. But it, it tasted a, good. It just didn't look good. It didn't look pretty. I'm going to tell you what the recipe is. You can email me and ask me for the recipe. It is not a recipe that you can find online. Chocolate chess pie. A stick of butter. One and a half ounces of bitter chocolate, three quarters of a cup of both white and brown sugar, two tablespoons of flour, two eggs, two tablespoons of milk, and a teaspoon of vanilla. This is the most important part. Mm. This is where I went wrong. Whisk it together with a hand whisk. I put it together in my KitchenAid because the mixture was very grainy. And modern day recipes, 
you try really hard not to have a grainy right. batter. This batter is meant to be grainy because it everything is. melts together and dissolves that sugar. So it's not mm -hmm. granular when it comes out. The problem, when you put it in a mixer, it forms a meringue on top. Yeah, you get that hard me. meringue, and then the underside of it doesn't cook. So a typical chocolate chest pie has a very thin, crusty, yeah. crunchy crust on top. Yes. That's where that granulated sugar will rise to the top. Right. But because you got it so whipped up and yes. there's so much air. I got some sort of a crazy <laughs> meringue. It was good. It really uh -huh. was good, but it took a really long time for that pie to cook. Yeah. So anyway, you throw all that stuff on a unbaked pie crust. I use Pillsbury. You bake it for like 30 minutes. That recipe comes from... My grandmother's cookbook, my mom and aunt have one too, from St. John's United Methodist Church in Buena Vista, Virginia. Awesome. This is the... Another little small town. The 1990 cookbook, I believe, that it's a 1989 cookbook. Right. And a lovely woman there, Nancy Wegand, she gave us that recipe. Awesome. So, there you go. Okay, guys. Um, Gosh, that's a lot of housekeeping. Recipe, if you want any of our recipes, send us an email. We'll give them to if you. If you just want to be our friend, send us an email because we need friends. We always love friends and we don't turn them away. We don't. We like them. Mm -hmm. We don't. So in the meantime, guys, stay sweet. And don't murder. If you kill people. We will talk about you. Girl, yes, because that's what we're on the podcast. Exactly. We love y'all. Bye. Stay good. Bye, y'all. No, sweet. Stay sweet. Stay sweet. Just go. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.